TII item 377, December 23rd, 2015, iOS 9.2.1 beta 1, and live photos on Facebook. Welcome to Today in iPhone. Yeah, I like it a lot. Today in iPhone. Hey, Golly! Oh, yeah. My beautiful iPhone, which I never have out of my hand and that I do everything with and has become an extension of who I am. This episode of Today in iOS is brought to you by Harry's.com, where you can use promo code TII to save $5 off your first order. This episode is sponsored by Bowl and Branch. Visit bowlandbranch.com and use promo code TII to save 20% off your order and to get free shipping. This episode of Today in iOS is brought to you by lynda.com. Learn the top software, creative, and business skills from easy-to-follow video tutorials at lynda.com. Start your free 10-day trial. Visit lynda.com slash TII. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Rob, and this is the Today in iOS podcast. First up, I want to thank Phil for sending in the music here in the background. Phil wrote, Hi Rob, this song is called Flash Groove, and it was created entirely with GarageBand on an iPhone. No other software or hardware were used. This is not available for sale anywhere. Just a hobby thing. Regards, Phil W. Well, thanks Phil for the music, and folks, I will put the full song at the end of the episode. I also want to thank Jonathan for sending in the timely artwork for today's show. Jonathan wrote the following. Hey Rob, I created this in the paper app on my iPhone 6S Plus. Hope you like it, and it's not too Christmassy, and you can use it for the show. Regards, Jonathan N. Thanks, Jonathan, for sending in this artwork, and folks, you can see Jonathan's artwork in the free TI app via the bonus button for episode 377, or at instagram.com slash todayinios, and also as a standalone post in the VIP section and at facebook.com slash todayinios. If you have some artwork and or music you have created for your iOS device that you would like to share with the audience, please email it to me at todayinios at gmail.com and please make sure to include which app or apps you use to create said artwork and or music. In this segment of How Wrong Were They, we have the following quote, quote, Apple's iPad will possibly face more competition in the large tablet market as BlackBerry appears to be gearing up for a release of its own tablet device. According to a leaked roadmap document, BlackBerry may be planning a late 2013 release for a device tentatively named the B10, reports Techno Buffalo. Unquote. Nathaniel Arnold, Wall Street Cheat Sheet, 31st March 2013. So let's get this right. As recent as March 2013, someone thought something from BlackBerry was going to be in competition with something from Apple. Yikes. Oh, wait. Natty was from Wall Street Cheat Sheet. Wall Street reporters never, ever have understood Apple. Counting types on Wall Street have a hard time thinking outside the beige box. Just saying. For promo codes this week, we have codes for the app Snap an Actor. One word. Here is the written review of the app from the dev. Quote, Six months ago, I had never touched a MacBook, let alone wrote any apps for the App Store. I always held developers in high regard and never dreamed I would be writing my own apps. They say the best apps grow from a problem or a need, and this is exactly how Snap an Actor was born. As a movie lover, I would often be watching a TV show or movie I would not be able to remember where I knew someone from on screen. They will look familiar, but I couldn't quite place them. Sure, I could Google them and try to find out which roles they had played, or I could do a well-known, um, go to a well-known movie app and enter the name and then drill down, but what if you don't know their name? 
I bought a used MacBook Pro from eBay, read book after book after book, took many online courses, and here we are six months later with my solution to the problem. Simply open up Snap an Actor, point your device, iPod, iPhone, or iPad, and take a photo. Zoom in if you need, or you can load images from your camera roll. After selecting your image, if the app finds a match, you will see their name, photo, and roles they have played in the past. You can also use it to take photos of your family and friends to see who they resemble. Hopefully your listeners will have as much fun using Snap and Actor as I had developing it. Unquote. Well, thanks to the dev for his written review of his app, Snap and Actor, and for sending in the promo codes to give away. Folks, if you would like a chance for a promo code for this app, please send an email to todayinios at gmail.com and put Snap and Actor, one word, S-N-A-P-A-N-A-C-T-O-R, in the subject line, and we'll, we'll pull winners here in the next week and a half or so. A quick reminder, if you are an app dev or an iBook author, email me if you want your app or iBook featured in the promo giveaway segment for free. We just need the five promo codes or more to give away. Simply email me at todayinios at gmail.com. Please include a 60-second or less audio review of your app or iBook, indicating you are the dev or the author. Also, when you send in the promo codes, please make sure to let me know when they expire. And if English isn't your normal language or you don't feel comfortable sending in an audio review, you can do what Lee, our developer, today did and send me the text and I will read it for you. iOS 9.2.1 Beta 1 is available to both devs and the public. If you do update to 9.2.1 Beta 1, you cannot restore to earlier versions of iOS. That means it's fixing some sort of major security bug, or at least that's what it's meant in the past when you could not downgrade. And if you look around, 9.2.1 is being reported to be a bug fixer and security update. But then again, that is usually true with most double dot updates. This is one of those updates. And if you are a jailbreaker, you need to stay far, far away from it. For the rest of us, unless you are a dev, there's really no real reason to update to the beta one. I mean, unless you like giving Apple feedback as a beta tester, and in that case, by all means, do upgrade. And that is the whole reason why they need beta testers. It is highly unlikely Apple will release a beta 2 this year, maybe the week of January 4th. But if all went well with the beta 1, you might see iOS 9.2.1 Goldmaster released the week of January 4th. Really will be about what the feedback on the beta is. Double dot updates do not tend to get many or sometimes any betas. So we'll see what happens first week or second week of January. Additionally, Apple has stopped signing iOS 9.1. So that means if you are at iOS 9.2, you can no longer downgrade back to iOS 9.1. Again, this is more for jailbreakers out there. But as mentioned above, if you go to iOS 9.2.1 beta 1, you cannot go back to iOS 9.2 either. Apple put out a press release on December 18th titled Apple and China Union Pay Bring Apple Pay to China. This follows up recent rumors that said, well, that was coming. So, not a shocker. China Union Pay cardholders will be able to add their bank cards to Apple Pay starting early in 2016, not a specific date given. Quote, after relevant tests and certification required by the Chinese regulators are completed, unquote. So we'll see, we'll be talking about this more, I'm sure, in early 2016. Apple says this support 
will be with China UnionPay and 15 of the largest banks in China. More on this again in early 2016. Now Apple just needs to figure out a way how to get the major banks in Australia on board because Apple is having problems getting the major banks in Australia to accept Apple Pay. For some reason, the banks in Australia want to go ahead and accept Android Pay, but not Apple Pay. Tim Cook and Johnny Ive and a few of the other upper echelon Apple executives were on 60 Minutes this past weekend talking about Apple and Apple culture and Apple taxes and Apple in China and Apple design philosophy and many other words with Apple before them. Yeah, even Apple Campus. There was a soundbite in an advertisement for the segment that ran on television before it played in which Tim Cook is, well, clearly appears to be pissed, for lack of a better word. Charlie Rose asks, quote, But here's what they concluded. Apple is engaged in a sophisticated scheme to pay little or no corporate taxes on $74 billion in revenues held overseas, unquote. He said that to Tim. To which you see the soundbite from Tim Cook, who says, quote, That is total political crap. There is no truth behind it. Apple pays every tax dollar we owe, unquote. Per what was learned in this whole segment that was new, really not much. Well, nothing really meaty. We learned in 15 years, Johnny Ives' design team of 22 engineers has lost two people total, just two in 15 years that have left. That's amazing. We also learned for the iPhone 6 and 6 Plus, they had built up 10 different sizes and models to test before settling on the two that they finally did settle on. If you did not see the segment, or even if you did, I have a link in the show notes to the transcript for it. A lot of what was in the segment was old news or info, like when Charlie Rose asked, why does Apple not bring home the 1 million manufacturing jobs to the U.S.? As stated before on the show, multiple times, it just is not possible. The infrastructure for assemblers, engineers, and more just does not exist in the U.S. to support that type of production for consumer electronics. What was not touched on is the U.S. manufacturing really has been broken off into, I would say, a few key areas now. One is the auto industry. Two is the defense and aerospace industries, which is not about cost. It's it's geared towards high reliability and low unit turns. Basically the opposite of a consumer electronics. Three is large size and heavy consumer products that don't make much sense to ship around the world. Uh, this could be both household items like washers and, and then sport and recreation vehicles and things like that. And fourth, of course, is energy-related industries. Anyway, the one area the U.S. economy is not set up for is large-scale consumer electronics manufacturing. And even if Apple wanted to, it would be impossible to build iPhones and iPads in the U.S. at any kind of scale. I wish people would realize that and get off Apple's back already. Sorry, the U.S. is just not going to be a high-scale, low-cost manufacturing hub for consumer electronics ever. Asia is geared up for that. The U.S. is not. Again, you can read the entire transcript or you could take those 10 to 15 minutes of your life and do something productive. Maybe I'm into Apple News way too much, but I was pretty much like, meh when I read the transcript, but really I did not have any expectations that it was going to be a segment that revealed any groundbreaking news about Apple. 
Ah, Wall Street's up to their old tricks again. There have been a plethora of street reports about iPhone sales being a peak number now. And there is no room for it to grow. And we are going to see a decline for iPhone sales. Decline, decline, decline. Some of this is based on a couple uh, best component suppliers that had some reports, which, as Tim Cook has said many times, don't look at data points from one or two or a few suppliers to indicate a bigger trend. You just can't do it. Others, based on the thought, again, that Apple has peaked for iPhone sales because it can't get any bigger. Katie Huberty says Apple's fiscal 2016 iPhone sales will drop 6% versus 2015. Hmm, I'm thinking of two letters. One is a B and one is an S. Oh, yes, yes. And there are others on the street predicting lower iPhone sales as well. Here is one thing I don't see any of them talking about. Apple's overall market share is still small compared to Android. Apple is growing quite well in China, which, if you do read the transcript from 60 Minutes, Tim Cook feels is where Apple's biggest market will soon be, not the U.S. anymore. And there is, I believe, a big, big pent-up demand for a new 4-inch iPhone. And while I don't think it will be next quarter, it could launch in Q2 2016. If Apple offers up a new 4-inch iPhone, I think you'll see a nice step up in iPhone sales. Apple also recently reduced pricing in India for the iPhone 5S. Their market share in India is, well, let's just say grouped in with, quote, other, unquote, for good reason. Apple has released new pricing models to make upgrading more attractive. They are growing in China. They are finally addressing India. They are still a small percentage of global market share. And they likely are launching a new 4-inch iPhone. Now, combine all this, and fiscal 2016 should be a nice step up from fiscal 2015 for iPhone sales, as unit-wise goes, and revenue. I guess it's possible the street could be right. You know, it's also possible pigs could fly. I mean, it has, ha it has to happen sometime, right? Well, not the pigs flying, but Wall Street being right. But I would be very surprised. If you have some extra cash to invest, now might be a good time to watch Apple stock. If it drops below $100, jump on it. You could quickly get a nice 20% or more pop once Apple announces this past quarter's numbers. Please note, I am just giving my opinion. Any investments you do are at your own risk and never invest that which you don't have and can't afford to lose. In trends news... Google released their 15th annual year in search results, and in the top five list for consumer technology, which Google seemed to try to bury and avoid where these results were located, we have fifth place, LG G4. Fourth place, Apple's iPad Pro. Third place, Apple Watch. Second place, Samsung's Galaxy S6. And in first place, Apple's iPhone 6S. So Apple took home three of the top five spots. Again, seems Apple is still trending well. Maybe, just maybe, Wall Street is once again wrong when it comes to Apple. Another clear sign Wall Street is off their mark is this. Apple's market cap right now is $598.4 billion or thereabouts. Google's market cap is right around $515 billion. If you remove cash from their market caps, Apple's market cap is about $392 billion versus Google's $442 billion non-cash market caps. When Google is valued more than Apple, where Apple is generating multiple times, multiple times more revenue and profit, something's off kilter. We saw this before. 
And as I said then, either one is valued much, much too high or the other much, much too low or more likely a combination of both. And last time I mentioned this, Apple stock nearly doubled within 12 months. Just saying. But hey, you can go back to episode 295 around the 8 minute 48 second mark to hear my comments back then. Granted, at that time, Apple's market cap less cash was about 1.6 times Apple's. This time, it's just about 1.2, 1.15 times greater. And I want to thank Harry's for sponsoring this episode and for helping young men and old men and all men in between learn the value of a good shave. Folks, if you go to harrys.com, that's H-A-R-R-Y-S.com, and use the promo code TII, you'll save $5 on your first order. As I record this, Christmas is almost upon us, just a couple days away. And if those in your life that, quote, love, unquote you, did not get you a Harry's razor this year, well, then it's time to take matters into your own hands and love yourself. Um, And by that, I mean, go and get a Harry's razor on your own. Harry's will give you the best shave at the best price and without all that hassle of having someone unlock the display at the store. Price, performance, and convenience, that's what Harry's is all about. In 2016, don't regret about foolishly squandering your money on overpriced blades that dull quickly and take up a bunch of your time to get at the store. Besides, who wants to go shopping at a store this time of the year to get razors? But Rob, you ask, how can Harry's provide the best shave at the best price? Well, simple. Harry's went and found a German blade factory that was almost 100 years old and purchased it. Harry's owns the most important part of the razor, the blade. And by cutting out the middleman, no pun intended, on both sides, this means they can keep the price low to you. So yes, they slash the prices. Plus, Harry's as an organization helps those looking for jobs by donating 1% of their sales and 1% of their time to help prepare people for professional success. Yes, a shave that feels great from a company you can feel great about. I am 100% a full-fledged Harry's customer. I've said it before, I'll say it again, and I have been for well over a year. So if someone did not love you this holiday season, time to love yourself with the self-gift of a Harry's razor. What a great way to kick off the new year. Once again, go to harrys.com now and save $5 off when you enter promo code TII with your first purchase. That is H-A-R-R-Y-S.com and enter the coupon code TII at checkout to save $5 on your first purchase and start shaving better in 2016. Hi, Rob. This is Alex from Walnut Creek. I have updated recently to iOS 9.2 and to my pleasant surprise in podcast app, now you can see skip forward 15 seconds and skip back 15 seconds buttons. They're not invisible anymore. Ever since uh, iOS 9, I had that problem. I just wanted to let you know since uh, it seems like a few listeners had that problem. Keep doing the good work. Happy holidays. Uh, happy Christmas. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. And uh, looking forward to the next episode. Bye, Rob. Have a good one. Alex, thanks for the feedback that the f- skip forward and skip back buttons are back for the podcast app for those that had an issue. Well, at least for you. I never had that issue, so it wasn't everybody that had it. But for those that had it, if you're not seeing the fast forward and the skip back buttons and you did upgrade to iOS 9.2, let us know. Otherwise, it sounds like maybe Apple got that bug fixed. Into the email bag we go. Hi, Rob. I just wanted to let you know I have been using the AT&T number sync, which went live in iOS 9.2. It is a great feature for AT&T customers who have multiple iOS devices. 
I now have cellular capabilities on my Wi-Fi only iPad when it's connected to Wi-Fi. You can place and receive cellular calls using the FaceTime or Contacts app. Send and receive text messages, SMS, not just iMessages, on the iPad. This works even when the iPhone it is paired to is not on the same Wi-Fi network. Regards, Karthik M. Thank you, Karthik, for that feedback. Hey, Rob, this is Carl Brooks from Detroit, Michigan. Love the show. Hey, just FYI, uh, com also has the Apple Watch for $1, I'm sorry, $100 off. Again, com also is selling the Apple Watches for $100 less than Apple is and everyone else except for Best Buy. All right, love the show, man. Keep up the good work. Carl, thanks for the heads up on B&H Photo and them having the Apple Watch as well for $100 off. I like B&H Photo. I've spent way, way, way too much money there over the years because, well, most podcasters do. And by too much money, I don't mean I spent too much as in that was overpriced. I just spent a lot of money because the prices are so low, I just get buying more and more because you're saving. You're saving lots. And no, I am not an affiliate for B&H Photo. We are now well over 2,500 members on our Google Plus community and growing. Thanks to everyone that has joined, and thanks for the great posts. One new post in the Google Plus community that went up since the last episode came from John Clark, who posted the following. Quote, how do you organize your apps on your iPhone? I've tried multiple different ways, but haven't found anything that I really like. Do you use folders and place like apps together? If so, what are your folders labeled? Do you keep your most used apps on your home screen? Do you keep them alphabetically? Give me your ideas and suggestions, unquote. And here are some of the responses from Craig B. Quote, I keep the ones I use often on the first page. The rest are in folders on the next two pages. Nothing fancy, but I know where most of them are, unquote. From Jim K. Quote, I follow Craig B's approach. My big four, Waze, Safari, Downcast, and Mail are on the bottom row in the dock. Others that I use most frequently are on the front page, including the phone, weather, Yahoo, uh, weather for Yahoo, music, Amazon, Slate, Twitter, Facebook, CBS Sports, etc. Those are located with ones I use most at the bottom within easy reach of the thumb. I have 24 folders on page two in alphabetical order with names like Apple Apps, communication, dining, driving, finance, imaging, listen, nature, news, etc., I stick almost every non-page, one, uh, one non-page big four app in one of those folders. A few brand new apps may sit on page three for a while before I classify file them, unquote. From Francisco Tapia, quote, I use lots of apps, so I keep everything in groups unless I use the app a lot. Most often used apps groups are on the dock bar. Most of the time I don't start a text message. I, I am just replying to one, so I access that app via the quick reply option on the lock or banner. If I initiate a text, I usually use Siri. The other way to access an app that is tucked away on another screen in a folder is to swipe down and search for the app. It's usually faster and more accurate than asking Siri to launch it, unquote. Stephen Williams said, quote, I like having my apps in alphabetical order, unquote. From Robert S., quote, lots of options. Key is to set your goal first. My goal is to keep most frequently used apps within easiest reach, minimize the number of clicks, swipes to launch less frequently used apps, and optimize for physical phone. 
I have the iPhone 6 Plus, so the lower part of the home screen is closer than the upper part. Lastly, arrange infrequently used apps in a way that aids rediscovery of them. Keep in mind the different ways to launch an app when considering where to place it. From the bottom uh, icon dock, always the same on all screens. From the home screen, pressing the home button gets you back fast. From special iOS shortcuts, from a folder of apps, from spotlight search, from a special launcher app, from a today's screen widget. A few tricks since swiping up to reveal control center gets you the camera icon. I always move the camera off the home screen as it's not needed. I completely fill the home screen. It's wasting a high priority launching point to leave a blank space for future use. I simply move an icon to another screen, demote it when another app that is more important deserves to be on the home screen. In the bottom dock, I have replaced one of the icons with the folder. Many people aren't aware they can do this. That puts six more apps only one click slash swipe away from launching on every screen. I call the folder quick access and some change, sometimes change the contents if I'm on a trip, extended business meetings away from my normal routine, etc. I use the app Launch Center Pro as one of my home screen apps to create a sub-menu for frequently used apps that don't qualify for direct home screen locations. I tend to use LCP for macro act actions and not just launching an app because it doesn't take a little longer for the LCP to load when you click on it. Example, I have a message section with icon shortcuts to send text messages to Jack, which launches the message app with the recipient already filled in. So I have traded off the slightly slower launch to having several steps of using an app already done for me. On the second and following home screens, I have folders sorted alphabetically by topic with names such as cloud, entertainment, finance, games, health, home control, logistics, music, networking, news, photography, productivity, security, shopping, social streaming, uh, travel, utilities, videography, VoIP, and watch apps. Most of the time, I will launch these apps by using Spotlight to search for them by name, but sometimes I will browse my folders to look for apps I haven't used in a while that I either might want to start using more or maybe delete completely, unquote. Barry Smitherman asked about arranging, arranging them by color and shared a link to where someone did that. Let me just say this. Ouch. Tough to tell which app is which when you do all blue apps on one page and all green apps on the next and so on. I mean, it looks pretty, kind of, but pretty impractical also. Okay, now personally what I do is every few weeks or so, I go to settings, then battery, then battery usage, and I look at the last seven days and I make sure to hit the little clock icon, and I see which apps I'm using the most, and I make sure the top ones are the ones on the first two screens, and the top, top ones are in the dock. Um, that said, I do have a couple of key folders on my main home screen, one for recording apps and one for podcasting apps, and I also have the App Store app in the top left with the Settings app next to it. In a nutshell, my most used four apps are in the dock, and my most used apps from 5 to 15 are on the home screen, along with some stock apps and key folders. Then some other key apps and folders on page 2, and then after that it's just a mess with no organization at all. But the nice thing is you can go in and check your time usage for the last seven days and see which apps 
you really are using the most and then make it easier to get to those apps. All right, since the last episode, there were also dozens and dozens and dozens of other new posts and comments in the TII Google Plus community, which is an Android fanboys free zone and a spammer free zone. Yep, it's the most civil Google Plus community covering iOS. Folks, go to todayinios.com slash community to join in. And thanks to all 2,500 plus of you already in the community and contributing. I mentioned earlier that the iPhone 5S just received a price cut in India. What I did not say was the amount, which some articles describe as a, quote, massive price cut, unquote. The 5S now starts out at 24,999 rupees versus the price in September, where it was 44,500 rupees. That is a 43.8% price reduction. And that 24999 is the list price. There are other better prices, such as from Amazon India and Snapdeal, where you can get it for 21,499 rupees, or a 51.7% price reduction since September. Now, while a 51.7% price reduction is great in helping increase sales in India, it should be pointed out that the average monthly salary in India is pretty close to that 21,499 rupee mark. So it's still out of the range of most and the vast majority of consumers in India. Hey Rob, I thought some of your listeners might find this innovation of interest regards Max in North Carolina. Hi Max, thanks for the heads up on this one, which is from an article that was titled A Smartwatch for the Visually Impaired, quote unquote. It is about a Braille smartwatch that will translate text, tweets, and even ebooks to Braille on the watch face. The smartwatch is called Dot, and the current pre order pricing is at $300. The Braille cell has four active dynamic Braille cells. It does support iOS, hence why we're talking about it on this show. Now, the bad news pre ordering pricing does not mean you can actually pre order. So ordering is not yet available and there is no availability date listed. I signed up for the newsletter and we'll update on this on future episodes. But if anyone has any other information about DOT, please let us know. Hey Rob, a couple of random questions. Do you have any idea how Apple was finally able to rid the iPhone of all those ugly regulatory logos that used to be littered the back of the cover of the iPhone? They date back to at least the 3G don't remember if my original iPhone 2G had them or not, but now on my new 6S, no more ugly logos, just iPhone and then S and the normal designated assembled model, etc. info. Such a clean look. Just wondering if you noticed or had any insight on that. I've attached a photo stitch uh, in case you're wondering what I am talking about. Also, what's up with iTunes no longer backing up apps from the iPhone when doing a backup? I used to do all my backups on my iPhone via Wi-Fi as they came and then back them up to my MacBook later, but now I either have to update on my MacBook and then sync to my iPhone or update them on both platforms. What gives? Regards, Aaron. Well, hello, Aaron. Per the icons for the FCC on the back, you have to thank Senator Rockefeller and Senator Fisher for that. They intrude a bill back in 2014 to get rid of those required symbols, arguing it is an expensive item to etch them on the back of devices and that the savings could be passed on to consumers. Um, hmm. Let's see. The iPhone 6S was how much cheaper than the 6? <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Well, it might not have made them cheaper, 
but it did make them prettier. So there is that question solved. Per the other question about iTunes no longer backing up apps from the iPhone when doing a backup. I'd really ask why you need to back up the apps themselves. The apps can be re-downloaded. Um, what does need to be backed up, though, is the app data. And that does appear to still be getting backed up as it's supposed to. But the actual IPA file, I think that is a kind of a waste of storage on your hard drive on your computer to back them up. But as again, if needed, they can be re-downloaded. Now, of course, someone's going to say to me, and I probably should have said to myself, and you know what, I will say it to myself, but what if that app developer stops paying their license and the app's no longer in the, in the app store and you had paid for it and you want to have it and something crashes and now if that app's out, not up there, the app you've paid for, you can no longer get. So I guess there, that's Aaron. I probably should take back what I said there. I can see why you would want to back up some apps, especially if you're, they're paid for apps or apps you use all the time. Um, but uh, don't know why it's not doing that. If anyone has any suggestions here for Aaron, how to make it so that every time he backs up via Wi-Fi, his apps back up as well, give us a call, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Or shoot an email to us at todayinios at gmail.com. As we get ready to roll into 2016, also known as the year in between Star Wars movie releases, yes, this is the last episode of 2015, by the way, there are many that like to, well, make predictions, and Johnny Evans at Computer World has some for Apple for 2016, one of which is the 4-inch iPhone rumor. And he is also predicting a thinner and waterproof iPhone 7. Really not much of a stretch there. I think everyone's predicting that. He is uh, both of those items. He is also predicting the iPad Pro will become an accepted notebook replacement in the enterprise space. He also talks about person-to-person payments with Apple Pay, and that's been rumored about quite a bit. So tell me, folks out there, some of your Apple 2016 predictions. I will play, read them on the next episode, or episodes. Give me a call, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG, or send them to todayinios at gmail.com. Let me know what you think is going to happen with Apple in 2016 could be any Apple prediction that is iOS related. And yes, that does cover Apple TV. I will go over my predictions with yours on the next episode or episodes, depending on how many come in. I want to thank all that sent in this next one, which, well, if you listen to the show, is something I've covered before. The title of the post is Why Apps Really Hit iOS Before Android. And it was on the nextweb.com. And well, again, it is what we have said here before. And those reasons, per the article and past episodes of this show, one, it's just easier to develop for iOS, more support for tools, and a lot less fragmentation. Two, the end users are actually using the latest version of iOS. Three, there is much better demographics of the end users for iOS devices versus Android. And, you know, well, that means they're more likely to spend money on the iOS side, which makes their demographics better. Testing on, well, I should say four, testing on different iOS devices is a lot, lot, lot less intensive than trying to track down hundreds and hundreds of Android devices for running uh, that are running the latest version. <laughs> Just fi- trying to find ones that are running the latest version is tough enough. So to summarize, easier, which means less time and less money, and more potential 
to make money if the app is good, i.e. better ROI. Is that not really the core of any business decision? But you can read the article to see the long way they went to get to that quick conclusion. And they did that by talking to multiple developers, and you get to see what those developers said. But again, in a nutshell, better ROI, and that better ROI is because it takes less time and money to develop the apps, and the people that are more likely to spend money on apps are on the iOS side. The last time I talked about Bowl and Branch, I mentioned they are the gift I chose for my parents. I mean, that should say it all on what I think about Bowl and Branch. Yes, I am a customer. No need for a warning from my parents this time, as it was already delivered to their house. And yeah, online Christmas buying is, well, it's over, kinda. But let's say you received a great gift from a business associate or a relative or a significant other, and your gift was non-existent or might as well have been. Well, you can still place an order for some great Bowl and Branch products and get them delivered next week. Or maybe when you were rushing out to Bed Bath & Beyond and Target on December 23rd or 24th, you did not get the gift she was looking for. Sorry, she was not looking for the craft beer or the Star Wars travel mugs. Well, Valentine's Day is coming up, and there is no better gift than Bowl & Branch for Valentine's Day, and it's not too early to plan ahead, unlike what you did for Christmas. She will love the new sheets, and, well... She will love the new sheets, need I say more. Bowl & Branch makes the perfect gift for someone very special in your life. It could be your wife or a significant other or someone else that you consider close. The product comes in a great box with very nice pouches. The presentation is incredible, very Apple-esque, and the sheets are even better. They also have towels and blankets and hats and scarves, all made from 100% organic cotton. So maybe buying sheets for someone that works for you might be taken the wrong way, but giving them a hat or a scarf, that would not be. And you can only get these great products at one place, bowlandbranch.com, where you know you're paying for quality product and not some department store overhead. Bowl and Branch not only treats their customers fairly, but they treat their workers fairly too. Bedding has a bad reputation for sweatshops and child labor. You never have to worry about that with Bowl and Branch. They're the first brand that's ever received the fair trade certification, so you never have to worry about how or where they were made. Plus, they donate a portion of every sale to charity to help fight human trafficking. They don't just make great sheets. They're a great company, too. Go online to Bowl, that's B-O-L-L, and branch.com, and they'll even let you try those sheets risk-free for 30 nights. And it gets even better. Go to bowlandbranch.com today for 20% off your entire order. Sheets, towels, blankets, duvet covers, everything, plus free shipping, and all the products come beautifully packaged in their signature boxes. Go to bowlandbranch.com for 20% off your entire order and use promo code TII. That's B-O-L-L-N-A-N-D-B-R-A-N-C-H.com, promo code TII. Hello, Rob. It's Ben from Montreal, Canada. Since iOS 9 has came up in September, there's uh, been a uh, small issue on my side that still persists right now and it's the automatic lock screen i've set up mine for two minutes unfortunately after one minute my phone gets locked and i haven't tried the other ones but two minutes is a perfect zone for me but one but it ends up locking after one minute and that pisses me off because it's way too short i've read many posts on the web and it looks like it's a problem with many people i don't understand why apple did not fix this issue 
after all these these months because it's it's i mean yeah i mean it's september it's not far but still it's december right now it should have been addressed all right anyway let me know if you have this problem or if anyone else has this problem i don't think there's a fix but hey i wish apple could at least hear me and say okay well let's fix that <laughs> all right take care rob bye hi ben thanks for the feedback and for me, it's working fine. If I set it for two minutes on the lock screen, it was right on two minutes that the screen went a little bit darker. And then about 10 seconds later, it locked up. So for me, the two-minute lock setting is fine. And it's not locking up in one minute for sure. It's right at, I mean, it was right on two minutes. And so, I don't know, at, at least on my side, it, I'm not seeing that issue. And I haven't been hearing it from anyone else. But if anyone else is having that issue, where if they try to set their lock screen for two minutes, it's actually locking up in one minute. Let us know, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Or send an email to todayinios at gmail.com. And I should clarify, it's actually 20 seconds from when the screen goes darker to when it goes completely off. So when it goes fades to kind of gray, a dark gray, but still a little translucence, and then it goes completely off to about 20 seconds. That all said, I'm setting my lock screen back to never which is not something I recommend if you're out and about and travel a lot for business. I, I work from home, so I can set it at never. But when I do go on business trips, then I set it to five minutes. Hi Rob, I am upgrading from my iPhone 5S to 6S and backed up to iTunes and then restored to the 6S. However, when I get calls from people who I expect to have contact details for, I only see the phone number, no name. When I compare the two phones, no SIM in the 5S now. On the 5S, some contacts appear in bold and others not bold. How do I ensure I get all the contacts? Please help. Regards, Mark J. and the UK. Well, Mark, first thing I'd ask, are you using iClouds to sync up your contacts? You might want to do that, set it up so that iCloud syncs your contacts between your iOS devices and also from your computer if you have Mac, and that may help you. If anyone else has any suggestions to Mark, maybe on the PC side, if you have any recommendations, give us a call, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Or send an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Back to the email bag. Hi, Rob. I got my stainless steel Apple Watch band from the Kickstarter project that both of us were funding. I hope you got yours. It is a great band. Regards, David D. Hi, David. I have mine, and I have a resizing tool in the mail and it will be here tomorrow. So I will get it resized for my wrist in time for Christmas and my trip to New York. Looking forward to getting it on my Apple Watch. And thank you, by the way, because David also offered to send me his tool. But I got one ordered. I got a whole kit. So uh, I wanted to try out uh, some other kits and, and some things to see which ones work best for the resizing tools. And I'll talk about which resizing kit I will ultimately wind up using but hopefully my first kit gets here tomorrow and I will have that Apple Watch with the new stainless steel band on my wrist by tomorrow night. Hey Rob, love your show. Still having problems getting location-based reminders to work since I upgraded to the iPhone 6. Every time I ask for a reminder that's location-based, it says your calendar does not support location-based reminders. So if there's anybody out there that can help me fix that, I've gone into the location services and tried to turn things on. I just can't get it to work. Anybody that can help me with that, location-based reminders. That's where I need help with. Thank you, sir. And this one I'm going to send out to the audience because I, well, I stay here at my house 
for the most part, so I don't use location-based reminders. If anyone out there does use location-based reminders on a regular basis and have had issues getting them set up and how you solve those issues you do remember, please let us know. Give us a call or shoot us an email. This week for a Kickstarter project, we have a project called Lumu Power. It's L-U-M-U, a light meter for the future. Just search for L-U-M-U Power in Kickstarter. This one had a goal of 30K. To date, they've raised over 222K, so it's doing kind of well. This one has until December 30th at 3.55 p.m. Central Time for you to fund it. Per the description, quote, Lumu Power is the light, exposure, flash, and color temperature meter for the iPhone. One device with power of many. Express yourself, unquote. Pricing on this is $199. The delivery is slated for June 2016. And if you are a photog, then you want to get more info on this light meter because I'm not doing it justice. This one plugs into the lightning port. And again, more info in the show notes for episode 377. Just search for L-U-M-U power, or you can search at kickstarter.com as well. Thanks to Dr. John for the heads up on this next one. And for those that still use Google Maps, you'll be happy to know, if you don't already, that the latest update to Google Maps for iOS brings with it offline navigation support. Users can also download a region on the maps uh, also for offline use, thus using GPS and other location services to update your location on the map when an internet connection is not possible. Now, a spokesperson from Google did say it may take a few weeks before all of the offline capabilities make it out to all users. Another new feature with this update for Google Maps or of Google Maps is the addition of up-to-date gas prices when you search for gas stations. For those that like taking live photos with a 6S or 6S Plus, and those that like also sharing photos on Facebook, great news for you. Facebook has started supporting live photos. When you upload a live photo, you just follow the same process that you always did when uploading a boring old still or dead photo, whatever you want to call the old ones. If the new photo you are uploading happens to be a live photo, you will see a live, quote-unquote, box appear in the bottom right of the image. Just tap that box to upload as a live photo, and then your, all your friends can see it in its grandeur. Thanks to everyone for sending in links on the Best Buy deals. Seems Best Buy figured out how to finally give serious discounts to Apple products. Maybe they negotiated that when they agreed to put the Apple Watch in all their stores. But whatever the deal is... You, the consumer, are the winner. There are big discounts on iOS and Mac devices. So it's not just Apple Watch, it's other devices as well. So if you're looking to purchase something with an Apple logo on it, you will want to check out your local Best Buy first to see what the deals are. Hi, Rob. It's Wynn of Wynn's Women of Wisdom. And I was wondering if you had an alternative to Skype. For a MacBook Pro 15-inch, that's really not that old. The reason why I'm asking that is because when I open up Skype, it takes a very long time. Maybe it's because of all the stuff I have on my computer, and maybe it's because of the hard drive is smaller than all the stuff I have on my computer. So if there's an alternative, let me know. Thanks, bye. I win. If you don't want to use Skype, one thing I would recommend since you have a Mac and iOS device is FaceTime Audio. So just do FaceTime Audio 
and that will give you some good audio quality and it should work better than Skype does on your MacBook. Now, if that won't work for you because you have a certain number of people that aren't on iOS devices and aren't on a Mac platform, then what you can do is just go out and do a Google search for VoIP on Mac and PC and see some other solutions that you may want to use. But myself, I use either FaceTime or Skype when I'm communicating with people via audio, via the internet, via VoIP solutions. V-O-I-P is how you do VoIP. To the email bag, hi Rob, is there any way to optimize photos selectively, like having an album be full resolution while the majority are optimized? Using iOS 9, that is. Regards, Tim. Yikes. Uh, Tim, I don't know of any way to do that. Not with the native app. There might be some third-party app. If anyone knows any third-party apps that allow you to optimize photos um, and do the whole album at once and optimize them a certain way, make them all lighter or whatever it is that you need to do on the optimizing, let us know. 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Or shoot an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Hi, Rob. I updated my iPhone 6S Plus and my iPad Air and just did notice a problem. It is kind of obscure, so most users might not notice it, but I did. If you open iCloud Drive icon and try to play an MP3 file, you are no longer able to listen to it in the background. It will automatically stop when the auto lock engages. I called Apple and they had no idea what was wrong. And the gentleman told me that most people wouldn't listen to their music that there anyway. That is besides the point. It used to work, so it still should. Apparently, the audio file is opening in QuickTime. Did anyone else notice this? Thank you, and hopefully they will get it fixed soon. Regards, Jill. And well, Jill, it sounds like it's opening it up as a video file rather than an audio file, which is why when the lock screen goes, it stops playing. So you need to get it to open up as an audio file and not as a video file. That Again, that seems to be the issue there. Hi, Rob. There are seven members of our family who use iOS devices. Get a maximum of six people and a family linking devices. We want to share a family calendar. Unfortunately, this means that we are always having to invite one person to any event. Is there any way of setting up a calendar without sharing publicly where we can automatically include seven people in that calendar? Thanks for a great show full of very useful information. Regards, Brian in London in the UK. And Brian, Boy, this whole group I'm sending out to sending out to the listeners. So, folks, help Brian out. What solutions do you use for group calendars that aren't publicly checkable, but you can define who gets access to them? I guess it's always Google Calendar. But if you have any other solutions, folks, let us know. Give us a call or shoot us an email. Let us know what your favorite, because not just Google Calendar, there's other calendar op- applications out there and services. Let us know what your favorite one is for, say, groups of 10 to 20 people or, or even 10 to 50 people. Hi, Rob. This is Bob in Spartanburg, South Carolina. I just want to call you and uh, let, tell you about two things. One, I got an email today from AT&T saying they're going to uh, increase my rates by $5 a month for my unlimited plan. I'm sure you've got one of those, too. I guess that's to recoup all the money they spent fighting the FCC. Hi, Bob. Thanks for the voicemail feedback. And yes, AT&T has raised the rates because everyone else, yeah, they're lowering the rates. So AT&T said, hey, let's be counterintuitive here. Let's think outside the box. Let's raise our rates while our competitors are lowering their rates. 
So that's why I actually didn't get that email about a year or so ago. I switched to T-Mobile, so I didn't have to be part of the Death Star anymore. There's one story I kept pushing off from October. I need some time to read up on it. It was a brutal read. But it is per a document released in October called Section 1201 Rulemaking, Six Triennial Proceeding to Determine Exceptions to the Prohibition on Circumvention. And no, this has nothing to do with the BRIS. This is about jailbreaking tablets in the Digital Millennium Copyright Act. I could read you the ruling, but it's very confusing per the actual words. Let me just give you the short version. As of October 25th, 2015, the Library of Congress greenlit jailbreaking tablets, saying they are exempt from the DMCA rules as they previously had also ruled for smartphones. So now, yes, iPhones and iPads and even Apple TVs, because they went into some other stuff, can legally be jailbroken. Or, quote, in the final rule, the Librarian of Congress adopts exemptions to the provision of the DMCA that prohibits circumvention of technical measures that control access to copyrighted works, codified in Section 1201A1 of Title 17 of the U.S. Code, as required under the statute, uh, the Register of Copyrights following a public proceeding submitted a recommendation concerning proposed exemptions to the Library of Congress after careful consideration. The librarian adopts final regulations based upon the Register's recommendation. Unquote. Ah, I love government docs. As mentioned earlier, this episode is brought to you by Linda, the online learning platform with over 3,300 on-demand video courses to help you strengthen your business technology and creative skills. For a free 10-day trial, visit lynda.com slash TII. That's L-Y-N-D-A dot com slash TII. Many that are listening to this episode are listening to it heading into Christmas break or as Christmas break begins. If you use the promo code that I just mentioned, TII at lynda.com, and spend the next 10 days going through the videos day and night while away from work, you can learn to program in that period of time. Would that not be the best way to start the new year? Come on, think about that. Here are the video tutorials you want to download and watch or stream and watch in the next 10 days after you use the promo code TII. Programming for non-programmers, iOS 9 and Swift with Todd Perkins. Building a note-taking app for iOS 9 with Swift with Todd Perkins. Distributing iOS applications to the App Store with John Nastos. iOS 9 app extensions with Bill Weinman. Manage text with iOS 9 text kit with Bill Wyman. Programming iOS 9 and gameplay kit with Tammy Koran. Creating audio apps with, for iOS with John Nastos. iOS SDK and SQL Lite. Building data-driven apps with Bill Wyman. Those eight courses will put you well on your way to programming for iOS. Will you be creating your own version of Minecraft in 10 days? Heck no. Hear that, Henry? But you should at least be able to build some basic apps. And well, there are many, many other tutorials on getting you started programming. With a Linda membership, you can download tutorials and watch them on the go, including access on your iOS devices, stream over 3,300 video courses on demand and learn on your own schedule, take notes and go and refer to them later, create and save playlists of courses you want to watch or share with friends or colleagues, your Linda membership will give you unlimited access to training on hundreds of topics, all for one flat rate. Whether you're looking to become an industry expert, you're passionate about a hobby, or you just want to learn something new, 
I want you to visit lynda.com slash TII and sign up for your free 10-day trial. That's L-Y-N-D-A dot com slash TII. By January 4th, you could have a great new skill set. And as always, and just like with today's app, Snap an Actor, if you do develop your own app and put it for sale in the App Store, please send in the promo codes to give away on the show. Thanks, Lee, again for sending those in. And thanks, Linda, for sponsoring the show in 2015. Hello, Rob. Ron and Albuquerque, New Mexico, have been listening for over a year and a half, maybe almost two years. And with regard to your question to us listeners about the Apple Watch, if there were to be a version 2, here's what I think. I don't currently own one and did recently determine that I may not ever get one. If there were to be a lightning connector instead of the unique connector to the current Apple Watch, that would be something that might put it in the running for me, but not sure, quite frankly. It does seem to me like one other thing that needs to be charged and managed and learned how to use and resolve issues when they come up, and I kind of feel like it's something that I may never get for myself. Although I do love to use Apple products, I am completely Apple in all my devices, but I have historically just don't really get the first round of anything from Apple because I believe, you know, even though they're great products, so often it's the second version that tends to be the much more uh, well-rounded and better product to use. Uh, Just wanted to let you know my feedback. I appreciate your show and enjoy being able to learn from your experience. Thanks for what you do. Bye now. Hey, Ron. Thanks for the feedback. Now, per having to have the inductive charging disc and, and actually buying a second one, one for travel, one for home, uh, while that part of it was a pain, the actual charging I really do like, and I'm glad it's not a lightning connector because I don't have to plug it in and out. I just lay my watch on it, and boom, it charges. As a matter of fact, I wish the iPhone had an inductive plate many times so that I could just lay it there. And, and in the past, I've actually had inductive charging. So I actually do like that over having the lightning, and I don't think they'll change that. I think for the watch, you kind of need to have that lightning and you don't want an open port anyway so it makes the water the watch more waterproof by not having that by doing the inductive charging but thank you for your feedback um and we'll see what apple does roll out with the apple watch too and if anyone else has any specs they want to talk about or share with us give us a call 206-666-6364 that's 206-MUNDOG or shoot an email to today in ios at gmail.com into the email bag Hi, Rob. I think it's all right to remove the headphone jack in the iPhone 7 as long as Apple supplies a dock with two lightning ports and an additional 3.5 millimeter jack as a standard accessory. So you can listen to music and charge at the same time. I know this will never happen, but just a thought, Karthik M. Back to the email bag. Hey, Rob. Saw you on KCTV5 News tonight. Love the outfits. Hope you enjoyed The Force Awakens. Regards, John Clark. Well, thanks, John. Yes, me, the wife, the two children... We're on the local news because we all dressed up in Star Wars outfits. Um, as my wife said, I was, because she knew I was going to dress up anyway, so I had my Jedi outfit. So she decided to wear her Princess Leia outfit, and the boys got in their outfits as well. 
because she said it'd be much better for people to say, oh, look at those, what those parents did. They dressed up for their kids rather than going, wow, look at that old guy there dressed up as a Jedi loser. So um, she didn't want me to look like a loser. She wanted me to look like the cool parent that dressed up for his kids. So uh, that got us on the news. And uh, the downside of it was while there <laughs> in Cinetopia, they decided for some reason with a third of the audience under the age of 12 to uh, run the Red Band trailer for uh, the movie Deadpool, it, which had three F-bombs in it, multiple references to oral sex, um, a woman naked pole dancing, and yeah, and heads being exploded. So not a good choice for um, Cinetopia Theater Chain to do that. Um, I was very disappointed and shocked, and the whole audience was shocked um, for an R-rated trailer to be run before a PG-13 movie. Just very bad choice. That all said, I loved, loved, loved the, the movie. It was great. If you're a Star Wars fan, even just a little bit, you have to go see The Force Awakens. Great movie. Great Star Wars epic. Much better than all the original, um, well, I should say the original episodes one, two, and three. And uh, I would say it's right in between episodes four and five on the scale of rating. I still think Empire is the best, but this one comes pretty darn close and a little bit better than A New Hope. Hello, Rob. It's Daniel from Wisbeach, Cambridgeshire. I want to talk to you about a hot debate. The new Sammy phone coming up. Um, I think the details are going to be released in March. Now, we're not expecting a new iPhone 7 until at least September of next year. This is going to give Sammy a really great opportunity to get a foothold in stealing some iPhone customers, right? I am teetering on the edge, and I have been for a long time. And the only thing that has ever kept me is Touch ID, believe it or not, for the iPhone, obviously, and some other things that I can't be bothered to list, but you probably know them. However, for a long while now, I've been in the infrastructure of Apple, and I've always felt like it'll be next year. It'll be next year. Okay, so I want to start a bit of a debate going on because I do love a good debate. And it's whether or not people are going to start transitioning over, defecting to the dark side, so to speak. Going to Google. Now, it's widely reported by yourself, which is the thing that opened my eyes to the, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, the um, lack of security. There you go. I can't think of a really fancy word, so I'm just going to go with the obvious. Lack of security. Now, the way I look at it is I use one password, so everything for me is kind of secure to a certain degree. Now, I know I'm going to be susceptible, but I only use the basic stuff that everybody uses. The reason why I'm thinking about going is because Google have got it nailed, haven't they? With everybody's information, they know everything about everybody, okay, and they use it. You sign over a bit of that, to get a lot more, in my opinion. Now, I know I'm not gonna keep going on lambasting Siri, but Siri doesn't have the functionality because it uses Bing as its search engine, doesn't it? Now, I'm not as knowledgeable as you, I never profess to be. That's why I listen to your podcast, okay? I am just what I know, and it may be wrong, but they use Bing, correct? Now, that's never gonna be as good as Google, is it, in a million years? Because everybody searches using Google. So you are using this great wealth, but OK Google works. It does work, because it works on the iPhone, and that's not even an Android operating system. So I want to know how many people are considering it. 
and it's like Alcoholics Anonymous. Are they really going to stand up and admit it? Well, I'm going to stand up and say right now, Rob, that I'm contemplating going over to Google, and I want to know who's with me, and I'm pray someone's going to come in and go, you shouldn't, and here's why, sunshine, and I'm going to go, my God, I've seen the light. I was, I once was lost, but now I'm found. That type of thing. So let's see what happens. All right, mate. By the way, Merry Christmas to you. Because by, by the time this goes live, it'll be that time, won't it? As always, have a nice Christmas and a happy new year. Have a nice day. Hey, Daniel. Thanks for the voicemail and the kind wishes. And per the first part of your voicemail message there about the new Sammy phones coming out in the March, April timeframe and then being ahead of the iPhone, well, yes, it's been that way for the last few years. And the last couple of years, the sales have not been spectacular. And and key reason why is when they release in March, at best what they're doing is doing a catch-up to the iPhone. And at the end of the day, it's just hardware specs you're talking about. It's still not the ecosystem, still not the operating system. It's still not security now. There have been plenty of people that have come over here that have left or they listen to the show that have left, gone over to the Android side and come back. So if any of those folks that were iOS went over to Android and then came back, you want to call in and tell Daniel why he needs to go and get an MRI because clearly he's bumped his head and is not thinking straight let us know why. Give us a call. Shoot us an email. Back to the email bag. Hey, Rob, thanks for the great show. Have you asked Siri, does she believe in Santa Claus? Regards, Brian. Do you believe in Santa Claus? Well, those cookies don't eat themselves. Do you believe in Santa Claus? I'm going to pretend you didn't ask that. I don't want you to get a lump of coal this year. Do you believe in Santa Claus? Be careful, Robert. You don't want to end up on the naughty list. Do you believe in Santa Claus? Really, Robert? You slay me. Do you believe in Santa Claus? Let's just say I'm not the only one who knows if you've been good or bad. Do you believe in Santa Claus? Really, Robert? I'm surprised you have to ask. Do you believe in Santa Claus? Let me ask him for you, Robert. Thanks again to Bowl and Branch for sponsoring this episode. Folks, go right now to bowlandbranch.com with bowl spelled B-O-L-L and use the promo code TII to save 20% off the nicest sheets and cotton products you have ever owned with free shipping to boot. And before we go today, I want to remind you to send your feedback to the show, 206-666-6364, that's 206-MOON-DOG, or record your feedback and email it to the show at todayinios at gmail.com. Feedback can be a comment, a question about something someone said on this episode, it can be a question or rant you have about something else, an app, a product review, good or bad, as long as it's iOS-related, it is welcomed. I'm always looking for new artwork to feature on the show that is I uh, that was created on iOS device. Just put some TII branding on it and send it in. And, of course, we're always looking for more music created on an iOS device to play on the show. It's your show, and your feedback is greatly desired. Also, don't forget to check out our moderated Google Plus community by going to todayinios.com slash community. Thanks again also to Harry's for sponsoring this episode. Please go to harrys.com now and save $5 off when you enter coupon code TII with your first purchase. That's H-A-R-R-Y-S.com and enter coupon code TII at checkout to save $5 and start shaving better today. Or, well, at least as soon as your new shave kit arrives at, right at your doorstep. Don't forget about the TII app, which is free to you. 
Search for TII in the iTunes App Store is the best way to consume the show and to get push notifications each time a new episode of TII is released. It's fully voiceover friendly. Of course, please go right now and download the free TII app. And, well, it's it's free. Thanks again to lynda.com for their support of TII. And if you go to lynda.com slash TII, that's L-Y-N-D-A dot com slash TII, you'll get a free 10-day trial to their 3,300 plus video tutorials. Thanks, Linda, for sponsoring the show in 2015 throughout the whole year and for the free offer for the listeners. Finally, I do want to take a minute to thank all of the listeners to this show for listening and for contributing and for telling their friends and coworkers and relatives about this show. Your support and kind words are really what makes the many up to three or four or five in the morning stints worth it. For 2015, uh, counting the episode that we just released, we had 45 episodes this year with over 51 and a half hours of content. So basically it averaged out to an hour a week, just like I planned. Okay, maybe not, but it worked out that way anyway. Just to put it in perspective, in 2014, we had 38 episodes versus the 45 for 2015. And those 38 episodes were 46 hours of content. So 2015 was a good year and a productive year, even more so than 2014, which was the year previously we had created the most content. So this year even beat that. So again, thanks again for all your content that you, the listeners, contributed because I couldn't do that without you guys because over half the content is your content that you've contributed. And of course... Don't forget to call in with your 2016 predictions for the iOS world. Love to get your feedback on that. And that, folks, is going to do it for us today. Until the next time. Actually, it's going to do it for us this year. Until the next time, I'm your host, Rob, reminding you to have a Merry Christmas and a happy and safe new year. See you in 2016. This show is hosted on Libsyn.com and part of the Wizard Media Network. If you are looking for hosting, go to Libsyn.com. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N.com for hosting for your podcast and for creation of your own smartphone app. The Today in iOS podcast can also be found on the free Stitcher radio app. Just search for TII. Ha 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 